weekend, which is good. That's a good. I'm not complaining. It's that I feel like I got away and rested It'd and a, reset. Be a terrible complaint. Ah, oh, dude, all this time away from work. No. Man, this sucks. <laughs> no, that would be bad. That that's what I'm saying is that I hope it doesn't come on. But it just I feel like I haven't been here in forever. Which I believe is, is, is my body telling me and my mind telling me, dude, maybe you should just be done with that other thing and only focus on one of these. Yeah, it's not a terrible thought process there. No, I had a, I, I had a fantastic weekend. Wallet might tell you something differently. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is true. I had a fantastic weekend, though. Friday, played a little bit of golf. And then Saturday, I, uh, I took part in the Save 22 third annual hike for, uh, to raise awareness over veteran suicide. And... Um, we had Albert and uh, his buddy Nick were in the studio on on Friday uh, about 9 a.m. talking about the hike. So Saturday is when that actually took place at the Carrollton County uh, Vet Club, which that place is pretty awesome. They got a pretty nice compound out there. And so we did the hike, and everybody was all worried. This thing is, we're going to be able to make it through the hike. Is he going to be able to make it? And I got to tell you that I'm happy I did that because, A, it was just the right thing to do. Right. But, B... I was able to walk around in that and hear other people talk and like make jokes about the fact that of how out of shape they were and like how like this was going to be a hard thing for them to do. And I was like, oh my god, I don't have to do that. Like my time in the gym is like is like paying Worth off something there for yeah. you. Yeah, it was like you know what I don't have to worry about this now. What I will say is I woke up yesterday and was sore as hell from it. Like, I don't know if it's because I routinely will do seven miles in the gym. So I wasn't sure. And, dude, you do inclines and, you you know, you do resistance and all that stuff. So there's hills and all that stuff on those on all that equipment, too. So it wasn't just that. I was I was like, I, is there just something about walking on pavements that's just that much harder? I was going to say, I think just walking in the real world as opposed to a treadmill. You know, yes, you can put, do inclines and you can do stuff like that. But I think it's it's the same difference as, like, lifting something heavy versus machine lifting something heavy, where it's like, no. I'm not trying to negate walking on a treadmill. Certainly, if that's what you do, go ahead and do it. Um, but I, I do. I, I just think there's there's something different there. Now, I will say, when I left the hike, I went and then I hit a bucket of balls at the driving okay. range. Maybe maybe that had something to do okay. with it. But like, I woke up yesterday and was like, ah, I should play golf. It's beautiful out. And didn't go because I was like, your body doesn't want to do this No, today. old man Stansberry, stay on this couch right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> you ain't I, going nowhere. I felt like glass. I mean, so it was a, it was a difficult thing to do. It didn't feel difficult while doing it. Right. It definitely took its toll on my body the next day. Give me, uh, give me, give me some more stories about this. Okay, so you, you all go, right. all right. You, you know, so tell me what happens. All right, so you know, you drive out there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, they obviously start the whole thing out with the national anthem, right? All right. Nobody and kneeled. I'm gonna guess. No, no, Nobody not kneeled. a lot of kneeling okay. in that crowd. Right. Not, right. not a lot of kneeling for the okay. for the national anthem in in the veteran community. No, and um, I'm looking at the stage where the guy's making the announcement. And luckily, like one of the guys I knew kind of smacked me in the arm. He's like, dude, he's like, the flag's behind you. We're going to turn around here in a second. I was like, oh. And I will, I, like, here's what I'll tell you. I was a little, I was aware of the fact that the national anthem had been going on. And, um, and, and I became really aware of the crowd I was in at that moment. And what I mean by that is I was like, don't screw anything up. No. Don't drop your hat. No. Don't 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 fidget. Don't do anything. I was terrified 
that in this group of people who have served this country that I was going to like just be like a buffoon on something, some level. Yeah, on, like, on a, and a completely like innocuous like drop my cell phone. Right. Here, there goes my right. keys. Right. Sorry, guys. Oh, I, was, I, I understand. Dude, I was terrified there was going to be like this <laughs> TMZ Carrollton moment of Stansbury <laughs> screwing up during the national anthem in front of like four thousand people that served this country. Like four thousand vets. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is their compound. Like I could not get out of here. Nobody would ever know. Yeah, that's what I was more worried about. Not you, not being able to. Like seven miles. It was more like, dude, he's going to piss off one of these guys, and they know what to do. Like, these dudes know what to do. So here's the other thing. What happened? And here's the other thing okay. on that. What's the thing? I actually told Albert, Albert Wooden, from Save22, um, and again, Save22.vet is their uh, website, by the way. I said to him, I was like, this is going to be the hardest day of my life. And he was like, what? what? I was like, all right, hold on, let me explain. <laughs> I was like, let me work through this process with you. And I was like, there are beautiful women everywhere here. Uh... Everywhere, dude. I mean, everywhere. Phantom, there were just dimes falling out of skies. Like, it was unbelievable. And I was like, dude, you can't. I have the no. world's worst wandering no. eye ever. Phantom will tell you. No. If there are beautiful women in a room, I am aware of where they are at all times. He's not even, like, discreet about it. Not even good about not it. Like, close. not even close. <laughs> not even close. And so, dude, your boy was head down. And Stansberry's hard with the nudge, too. He'll hit you with that. When, like, when somebody walks in, somebody good-looking walks in, he'll in let the you ribs. know. Like, he'll let you know they're there. And I'm like, like, dude, I'm standing next to my girlfriend. Could you not? And he's like, I don't care, dude. I'm looking. I'm, dude, I'm trying to. Uh. I'm, dude, I'll nudge your girlfriend. Look at her. <laughs> so it was like one of those moments where it was like, dude, you like every one of these guys could dismember you yeah. and hide your body yeah. in all different places and never get caught. Like you are on a dude, you are on an island right now with guys who could get away with stuff that's on CSI. Do not have this wandering eye problem. But they were literally everywhere. Well, dude, good for those military dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like good, good for those dudes. If that's your if that's your if that's your reward at the end of all that, dude, good for you. Well, there were moments where, where a couple of them were hot enough where it's like, okay, I get fighting for the country now, dude. Like if that was <laughs> waiting for me, signing up. If that's what was waiting for me at home, I I, I may have uh, I may have taken it that seriously too. So like that was an interesting. Um, well, 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 cheers to you. Cheers to the, uh, you know, the entire save 22 organization. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely saw pictures. It seemed like it was the attendance was great. It seems like the, you know, the cause was very embraced and, and, and hopefully you guys, you know, raised some awareness, raised some money and did the thing there. I got a good video of, uh, <coughs> of a small portion of the hike at, uh, my Instagram, which is Dan.Stansbury. Uh, and actually we'll get it posted up at the Facebook page here in a second. I also got, I dude, I did hike with a guy named Kyle, for a long stretch and dude I just met some guys there honestly that I was like I'd be friends with you like right. I met some cool people right um what's his name from Mushroom Head was there too right uh, Jeff Hatrix yeah 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 I was gonna say I thought, I thought I saw pictures from him there recently has uh has just left Mushroom Head but he and oh, Al- yeah, yeah. he and Albert are really really tight and um yeah I, I guess dude he and his wife were there at seven o'clock in the morning actually I hiked behind Jeff for uh for quite a while it's amazing dude people love that guy yeah of course man everybody that walked by him was like oh my god there he you is. know what I mean you can there hear yeah I mean I heard a lot of that is people were walking by him a lot of nothing about that yeah, about me people None. walking by Sansbury like oh my god dude what Literally does that smell this guy sucks pushing me out of the way to get to <laughs> Jeff Hatrix but it was uh it was great that is something I will do again next year I could see myself doing the save 22 hike every year yeah. um and uh yeah I I hope we did some good things there I don't know you know what I mean but I would imagine I, I mean there, there dude there were guys I do one guy drove all the way from Colorado to attend it so you know I, I you know that's kind of cool those guys are um over at save 22 they are the 
they're doing some big things. So outside of that, man, um, yet, like I said, yesterday I didn't do anything because like, my body legitimately hurt. Just old man Stansberry laying on that couch. Uh, before we head to this break, though, I want to find out, uh, you cleaned up the neighborhood again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this weekend for the tall guy, mostly was working. Um, but Sunday, I, uh, you know, with Project man, Rebuild. these morning lucrative gigs. <laughs> they're just good. They're just lucrative. Uh, with Project Rebuild, and I'm sure a lot of you guys know what that is, but if you don't, it's a nonprofit that works with young adults in the Canton area who are either through the court system from poverty whatever just a you Man, know vets and kids look at this right, terrible show you right, got right and we worked we worked you know so essentially 16 to 22 year old you know young people in canton we worked with the canton police department uh, spearheaded by officer lamar sharp right there and his foundation the be a better me foundation oh nice so essentially we had a bunch of you know young young adults we had a bunch of young kids and we had a bunch of cops and we teamed up into like little like you know groups and you know two cops two kids and two young adults would go out oh, i was gonna say dude don't make it cops versus kids no 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 that was the exact opposite of what we were trying to do is we were trying to like build that bridge between you know the community a group of, of young adults who feel one way about police officers and those cops who might feel one way about those young adults it's like well now we've got them together we're doing something good together um so hats off to lamar sharp the rest of Canton police department and everyone that was a part of it so thumbs up to you guys we're gonna have lamar on again uh, yeah. uh coming up soon he's <laughs> he got a, he's got a couple of events I, it, yeah so he texted me the other day and somebody asked him hey when are you going on the stansbury show again and lamar told him he's like he won't let me on until i find the girls who were twerking outside of his window and i said to him i was like you know i didn't think of that but you're right you are you're banned until you find the twerk fest that was going which by the way yeah. prom weekend yeah over the weekend dude i like African Americans love taking pictures in front of murals. Like, dude, was it outside? Of oh the, my outside? god! It was all day, all day Saturday, all night Saturday night. They were just taking pictures in that mural, and that's on that building next to my apartment building. And it's just funny because it, 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 you can just tell there's, there's a little bit of a cultural difference here. And dude, the amount of hot black moms that were standing Jeez. outside my window, Jeez. getting their kids ready for prom. I was like, dude, at some point, I was just out on my front stoop, just like <laughs> watching it. I was like, this is amazing. It's like they just knew exactly what I would want to have happen. Yeah, that was, dude, it was all night. Like the picture fest in front of that mural. It's just an interesting thing. $1,000 up for grabs every single hour on the program. First one right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. ROCK 106.9. ROCK 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on ROCK 106.9. Coming up at 8.30, we'll pass out those Slayer tickets for their show June 7th out of Blossom. Also, 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on the Cavaliers. Up three games to none against the Toronto Raptors. I kind of predicted they would manhandle the Raptors. Kind of good to see that happening. Um, they can close out this evening, this very yeah. evening. Yeah. And uh, I believe that they will. A lot of people hitting the panic button on the Indians right now, too, because of the bullpen. So I will be uh, interested to see if Scott thinks moves are going to be happening with the tribe. Um, I'm going to guess Scott's going to tell you that it's early in the baseball season and it's probably way too early to panic as you can get hot and cold and pretty much before the all-star break you shouldn't panic the only thing i'm going to say about that is they got like worked by the yankees over the weekend really? and and that's the team that knocked them out so it's like dude if 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 they're furthering the gap the indians got to be doing something right now it's great to have a great starting rotation but if your bullpen's just going to lay out turd after turd after that's turd fair. that's not named andrew miller it's like well dude you you, you, you got to start making some sort of moves that is fair we'll talk to scott about all that coming up at eight o'clock when do you believe that the 
the trimming and shaving of the pubic region started to become mm. common like place for for most people. And do you believe that it's commonplace? For, let me ask you this question. Okay. Are people my age and older that are married, are they trimming their pubic hair? If they're over the age of 40, it's probably less likely. Let's say over the age of 45 okay. and married. Are you still doing that? Um, I would hope you're doing some sort of maintenance, but you're probably not in the same way that younger people are. Um, I don't know when that happened, but pretty much my entire sexual life as an adult. Now, I mean, like when you're in seventh grade and you're figuring each other out, you know what I'm saying? I I'm wasn't glad sure I said, that was going to be figured. Glad I said figured. Yes, figured. <laughs> I wasn't sure that's where that was but, going. But no. But by the time, like by the time I was out of high school, into the bars, into college, it had everyone, already taken over. everyone was pretty much at that point. So what women year was in, that? Women in particular, you know, ch- chicks in particular, um, I graduated in 2002. So okay. I All would right. say by, I would say by the year 2000, the transition had kind of already happened. Okay. Now, the reason I bring this up is because they've done a new study. And it's all about how much pubic hair you have, how much you trim, how much okay. you remove, and how often, and whatever. Okay. They found this out. And I'm not surprised. It's just, but it is... It's interesting to hear the number. Those people that groomed their pubic regions were found to be 80% more likely to have had a sexually transmitted infection like genital herpes, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and even HIV. 80% more likely. Wow. As well as pubic lice and uh, 80% more likely than those who did not shave. Now, respondents who groomed most frequently, daily or weekly, Daily, Jesus, that's getting a little obsessive. Yeah, but I mean, you're thinking of it from your perspective. If you're a woman and you want that thing, you know, like a veal cutlet down there, you're going to have to take care of it on a regular basis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) Daily or weekly, we're more than three times as likely to report an infection than those who who did not. Those that define themselves, Fantone, as extreme groomers. Extreme! Those... (laughs) Sunday. Those who removed all their pubic hair more than 11 times per year were more than four times as likely to say that they had a sexually transmitted disease. Now, I don't think it's crazy to assume that the more obsessive you are about removing your pubic hair, a part of the reason why is that you are a more promiscuous person. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're going out on first Friday with the intentions of getting laid with like, hey, this is my goal. This is what I want to do. You're going to put the work in of like, all right, well, I assume that I'm going to have sex. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, prepare myself for having sex through grooming where it's like if you're going out on a Friday and it's like, eh, dude, I I don't think I'm going to get laid. I'm not trying to get laid. It's not what I'm going out for. You're probably not going to. Therefore, you're less likely to have promiscuous sex. So that makes sense. I am. I will admit that I have found myself at the end of an evening evening in in, about to engage in sexual activity where I did not know that that was going to be on on the schedule and had been nervous about the fact that it's like dude we haven't done this right like you can tell I wasn't necessarily preparing to be intimate for for a for a stretch of time here because it's not like hair grows overnight no 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 no. and there eventually you get back to like just like it never happens so once you're at that point no I can understand why it's like I mean I'm lazy about haircuts as a matter of fact I'm gonna go do that today I'm lazy about that and so like unless I know for sure I can get a little guilty of like ah tomorrow ah tomorrow ah yeah I'll do it again tomorrow right and then all of a 
sudden, out of nowhere, it happens, and Stansbury's frantically in his bathroom, like, no, just be a minute, snip, 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 just trying to just take care of those pulling things. Pulling boxer briefs open, you hear that, <laughs> as if the whole thing just starts to come out over top of you, just got all the, the whole fro going. I, um, I, you know, at this point in a relationship, it's one of those things that I can forget to do, because it's like, well, dude, it's my girlfriend, and like, whatever, and you know what I'm saying? But like, that's just laziness, that's just like, and that is, it's a little neglectful of your relationship, where it's like, when I started dating her, dude, I was like, dude, man, I gotta take care of this thing before before we go out for dinner, because who knows what's gonna happen, and now it's just like, eh, whatever, we're watching Seinfeld reruns, who cares? Like, who cares if, you know? See, that's what I'm saying. That's you gotta why be careful about that, you do. I don't think people, who, I, I think the older that you get and you're married, you're just like, ah, when you're only on one playground... Right, you know I mean? right. You're not nearly as wor- worried about what you're going to wear there. Um, but it, this is just like performing oral sex where it's like, yeah, you can say, that, like, yeah, we're married and whatever. But these little decisions of like, well, I'm not going to shave it. Well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, we're, we'll just have regular sex. Those little decisions, that's death by a thousand cuts, man. You're just going to keep on doing it. You're going to keep neglecting stuff. And eventually she's going to be like, dude, I'm done with this. I uh, okay, man. I, I I didn't realize it was that serious. Even though, even though, now if you guys are on like a, what do I want to say? You've talked about this, and you guys are like, you know what? I like the hair. You know, I I, I don't want you. I I I want to feel like I'm with a woman as opposed to I you know to being smooth down there. I get that. That's your decision. Well, but smooth like, can be weird. Well, here's what I'm gonna say about it is I think there's a little bit of. Um, a little bit for everybody out there. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I'm like, no, smooth as it can be, and then other times I'm like, no, dude, you to see go a little bit smooth there. all the way around just feels like, dude, you might as well just tattoo Chris Hansen was here. Like I, like dude, like I, the, the, that to catch a predator um, vibe is to your point on need. I don't necessarily put it through that filter. I understand how people go through that way of like, well, what do you not? You, you do you want a child or something? And it's like, no, I just don't want pubic hair everywhere. Like I think that you know. I mean, I don't think it necessarily right. means that. I don't, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't think it means secretly you wish and, that person was 10. And there's a little bit, like I said, for me, like my entire adult sexual history has been in the era of of of, of no pubic hair. So like, to me, there is a little bit of like, what do I want to say? Not taboo, but there's a little bit of like a lure to it when 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 I'm like, oh, well, it's making a porn comeback. But a hair right there. It's okay. make, I mean, it's making That's a different. comeback in pornography, and so like you just know it's like things are cyclical like but, that. But really, what's not what what you know? Yes, you are starting to see some, but like it's not the '70s style. It's not just like, hey, we're not taking care of it at all. At this point, it's maintenance. It's like, all right, you know, we're we're, we're going to shape it. We're not just necessarily going to let it. You know, I got to be honest. In all the decades. And all like the, and I don't know how the, you know, how the social structures of like the decades or whatever, but I am happy that in my sex having days, it was in the, we got to at least hack it down a yeah, little bit. Take phase. Care of yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm glad I wasn't in the just, you know, swing from nah. the vine era, beat your chest as you're, you know, <laughs> swinging through there. I'm just glad that wasn't my thing. I, I am not a George of the Jungle type sexual activity person. I would not have fared well in that decade at all. Um, not quite sure where we're going after that, <laughs> but there will be more Stansberry Show next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. The Rock Mother is what some people call it. That is yeah. what it has been referred to a it few is. times. I'm not exactly sure what a Rock Mother is. I don't know who calls it that either, but some people do. That is one of those things that is, sticks with you, dude. That is one of your one of your sticking points the rock mother. with the rock mother is that it is referred to as the rock mother. 
pass out those Slayer tickets at 8.30. We'll talk to Scott from RunningForNextYear.com. We'll do that at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> Tomorrow, we'll, we'll uh, do New Tour Tuesday at 9 o'clock. If you're in a local band, would like to be featured on New Tour Tuesday, send me your stuff. Stansbury at WRQK.com. I believe we will have new musical offerings from some previous local uh, acts that have been on New Tour Tuesday. I know Erica okay. Dawn's been in the studio working on new stuff. She uh, she hit me up via Twitter the other day. Let me know about that. And uh, The Aberration. Yeah. I, uh, also I, also, in the I also know the, uh, the, the, the hardest-hitting metal band in Canton, Ohio, Volstein, back in the studio. Is that right? Yeah, they're back in the studio right now, so we'll hear new stuff from them hopefully soon. Nice. Yeah. I know, I know Hey Monet has new stuff out too, man. We got we got some locals going here. Yeah, so send me some stuff. Stansbrightwrqk.com. We'll play that tomorrow for you at 9 o'clock. So this is a an idea that is going to make millions of dollars. Okay. Okay. Apparently this mansion where Lizzie Borden had lived, this was after she had been acquitted of the axe murderers of her father and stepmother. She just happened to live in this house after that had happened. Will now be open for you to stay at. Now it's not the house where she hacked up the, you know, her dad and stepmom. That's not that. It's not the same mm. house. That house is already a Lizzie Borden museum. Mm. That's already one of those. But the home where her and her sister had lived will now like kind of. I don't know if it'll be a bed and breakfast or whatnot, but it's it, it'll turn into a hotel where you can stay. The fact that it's not where the murders happened. I don't think this is going to catch on. If this was the house where the where, where where people got chopped up with the axe, then we're on to something. But she just lived here, right? Yeah, I, I I would be more likely to want to stay in the house where it actually happened. I don't know why, but there are people who are murder obsessed yeah. where this is like their like their thing that I think they'll want to do it. Um and the fact that I didn't know she was acquitted of it. I don't I I, I had not I, known that I, either. I thought I to me the the story was always like well this is what happened and she chopped up her mom and she chopped up her dad and, and and there it was. I didn't know that this wasn't this wasn't like she wasn't found guilty of that. I could no I didn't know that. I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't known that either or I'd forgotten it or whatnot. But I um I, I just I could see I know enough people that are into these kinds of things. Yeah. And there's enough documentaries on Netflix about mass murderers and, you know, serial killers and that kind of like where there's enough interest. Why is it that serial killers are like treated differently than other murderers in the sense of like if you're a serial killer, like it's all of a sudden like, yeah, documentary and we want to like go to your house and read your diary from when you were a kid. Now, if I did that with a school shooter, people would be like, no, the thing is, and again, we should we should be clear here. Lizzie Borden, I don't believe, was technically considered to be a serial killer, but but there is but there is the attention. People do pay attention. And I bet what it is, I don't know. But my guess there, Fantone, is that there's an air of serial Serial killers are smart. That behind it, even though they're brutal, even though they're capable of all these things, that one of the things that drives them and that drives them off the rails is their intelligence level and not knowing how to deal with it. But we don't care about like scientists. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's not like that's the well. No. If you're smart, then then we're, we're we're you know. Well, no, but it's also the mafia thing here, where it's there's you romanticize certain criminals and it is it's weird like that as a matter of fact i was watching speaking of netflix i was watching something else again for a guy who just hates all entertainment i watched a uh, another thing on netflix over the weekend called drug lords and it's only about four episodes this first season they put out and it's really really good really in depth i i i felt like it was pretty good and one of the cops that was talking about the frank lucas case said that he's like you know people romanticize these criminals 
He's like, and they turn him into heroes. He's like, he's like, it's the cops that you should be the heroes. He's like, but we live in like a twisted place. So, I I mean, for people who are like mafia obsessed, murder obsessed, I I could see this being a million dollar idea. Yeah. And I think that there's probably going to be more examples of this. I mean, like, especially once you start putting time in between the crimes and today, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be like, well, dude, yeah, it's a hundred years ago. So why couldn't I go live or go stay in that house right there? But like, Murder tourism, I would not be surprised to find that that, that takes off at I all. I mean, dude, stay the night at Dylan Roof's house? Right, right, right. And like but that sounds that sounds like insane. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Of course you're not gonna do that. Is it because that that it is? It's only because we were alive for those crimes, right? Um, when did the Summer of Sam murders happen? Seventy one. And people still get their D's hard over that all the time. So it's not it, it, I mean like 71 somewhere around somewhere in that general vicinity of the 70s there so like 70s it's not exclusive to like just you know crimes you know 1800 and before it's it's dude people love that stuff i mean here's the thing if you told me you were going to stay at lizzie borden's house i'd be like yeah i could see that but if you told me you were going to pay somebody to stay at dylan roof's house i'd be like what you sit you sick psycho like what are you talking you're 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 encouraging that that's one of those things we talk about all the time is like these school shootings happen and well you can't cover it you can't talk about it because you're encouraging it but we do just jay and to serial killers all day long. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you wanted to stay at Nicholas Cruz's house, I would worry about that. Right, one hundred percent, I would. But this feels very like, oh, well, dude, you're gonna go stay in John Wayne Gacy's house. It's fine. Is it like jokes too soon? Like, is that what it is? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the line is, but there's some there's some sort of difference there of like. And at the end of the day, these are innocent people that died at this person's hand. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like with these serial killers, like this isn't this isn't like a celebration of like, yeah, you killed somebody that deserved it. Like these are innocent people, just like those kids in Columbine were innocent people. And like we but it's just a very different set of gloves we treat them with. I think it's like a joke. I think it's too soon. I think if you if I, I don't think it's crazy to think that this is the country that will someday allow you to stay at Nicholas Cruz's house. Fifty years from now, you're gonna stay in you're gonna stay in Nicholas Cruz. Wow, man, dude, wow. I, I I think it would be crazy to say that there's no way that that could happen. That could absolutely happen in this country. That's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely <laughs> terrible, bro. I, I don't want you to do it tonight. No. I'll tell you that. That does. It seems, it seems wrong. Connecticut has passed a bill that wants to change the way we elect presidents. You knew this was coming. We'll, do, we'll get into it next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out $1,000 here momentarily. Um... A nice woman, Laura, wrote into the uh, Rock 106.9 Facebook page thanking me for taking part in the Safe 22 hike over the weekend, which, again, you can see a little video of that at my Instagram, Dan.Stansbury's, how you find that. And I was telling this to all the Safe 22 people, actually, on Saturday, and actually everybody I met out there, that you know people were walking up to me going, hey, man, thanks for everything you did. I said, well, I didn't do anything. Right. Like, all I did was tell people when this was. Like, I didn't do anything. And, you know, and I get, like, Albert, you know, from Safe 22 is like, no, dude, like, you're giving us a platform to get the message out that is doing something. And it just, to me, it feels very strange to accept thanks for something that you should do. Like, we should be appreciative of the people who have served this country and be thinking about them after they've gotten home. Like, we do do a good job in this country of, like, if you're currently overseas, like, yeah, man, we love you. Thanks for that. But when we get, when they come home, we do get forgetful. As soon as we see the video of you surprising your kid at her choir concert, and we cry, and then we're done. And then we're out. And then it's like, no, we're good, bro. I gotta admit, those things suck me in. Of course, dude. Like, what are you, a heartless monster? You wouldn't get sucked in by that there are days where i'll just be sitting at my desk in my apartment watching those things for like hours on end just bawling like a kid 
But yeah, we do. We we, yeah. we can get forgetful. So it just it feels weird to accept thanks for that for doing something that you should do. But I guess it's good ultimately because people are paying attention and that stuff is going down. Save twenty two dot vet by the way. If everybody would offer what they can, and we are lucky enough to be able to offer a platform. But if you were, you know, you're a plumber, and I think Albert talked about this a couple times ago, where it's like, dude, you have a skill that you can donate there. If you are some, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Everyone has fair. something. What it is. Luckily enough, we have a radio, you know, platform to, to, to do. To do it on. Um, and before we move off the Save 22 thing, I said this to you before, but I'm definitely going to say it again after it happened, dude. Your dad would be really proud of what you did this weekend, man. Right in the field. But I'm, I'm just telling you the truth, no, man. I mean, the stories the stories that I've heard from him, um, this, you know, the service that he, he gave to the country and the fact that you are now helping veterans to hopefully at least prevent some suicides, dude, I, your dad would be infinitely proud of who you are and what you did this weekend. Well, I would be lying if I... If I said that was not part of the reason and part of the motivation that that got me involved with them, and if I can do, I don't know, anything to to be helpful of that, I just feel like, dude, a lot of what we do sometimes is destroying yeah. the planet. So if we hey, can, here's a boner joke. So if, if we can do a little bit of something the other way, I kind of like that. I do too. And the country is actually what we're going to talk about right now, okay? Because the Connecticut State Senate on Saturday voted in favor of a measure to give the state's electoral votes to the presidential candidate who wins the popular vote, not the electoral. See what I'm saying? The popular national vote, not necessarily the popular Connecticut, Connecticut vote. vote. Okay. Right. So the move puts the state in position to become the 11th, in addition to also Washington, D.C., to join an interstate compact that will pool their electoral college votes for the candidate who wins the popular vote. Now, you see what's happening here, right? Is that... Hillary Clinton had won the popular vote by like 3 million votes. Most of the people in in this country right now kind of feel like they got a president that they didn't elect. And I kind of said, I was like, watch, we'll see more movement on this to change it. Now, with that being said, there was an initial pushback by the president saying that a lot of that was illegal votes. Do you buy that or do you think that Hillary Clinton actually won? I believe that in every presidential election there have been some illegal votes. I believe Hillary Clinton won the national popular vote. vote. I, I, I believe she was the more popular popular of the two candidates. Yes. Okay. I believe she was the lesser of two evils for a lot of people, myself included. Um, I, I Even though I lean on that side of politics, I was not in love with her as a candidate, but I mean, welcome, welcome to, to politics. W- welcome to hundreds of millions yeah. of people and I get to pick between two. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like, that's just the way that's going to be. It's not really a referendum on her. It's just, you know, welcome to, to how the system works. But we're going to look to change this. And I, this is one of those t- times in life where I'm always telling you more people that have my position should say things like this. I don't know. Because I don't know what would be better. That if we just switch to, this is what the popular vote is, this is what most of you wanted, this is what you're going to get, I don't know if it's better. Now, I'm inclined to think so. That ultimately, what I think that means then, if you were to ask me, is that if we were to switch to the popular vote, that I think that that means that my vote matters more than it did yesterday. Yes, um, at this point, as 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 each state, you know, cast its electoral votes, you know, not its its votes, but its electoral votes. Right. Um, they have no obligation on how to do that. Like you do not, as the electoral voter, and that's not you or I. That's somebody that's in that position. They have no obligation to vote any given way. Now, vast majority of the time, they vote with how their state votes. That's normally how it goes. But, like, you don't have to do that, you know? So, like, the fact that, and I I guess kind of what's bothering me is now there's 11 states that are doing it one way and 39 other states that are doing it another way. We've got to have some consistency. Yeah, I mean, I was was surprised. This is surprising about this place, that for something as serious as picking the president that we don't have a solidified 
system. That it's not uniformed how it works. Luckily, Ohio, and I guess luckily for Ohio voters, is near the top of electoral voting power. We are ranked number five in the country. So there are only five are only four states with more voting power than we have. But at the end of the day, if you live in Oklahoma, Iowa, if if well, no, no, Pennsylvania, no, you got to think because these aren't necessarily like, well, we got Iowa right here. Um like South Dakota is ahead of us at number four. Wow. Like South Dakota. Oh, I was wrong. I thought for sure it was going to be New Hampshire, Iowa. Arizona's number one. South Dakota's number four. Iowa's number two. So like those states, their one vote means more than your one vote. Right. Now, if you live in California or Oklahoma or even Texas, those are all relatively low voting power states. So people worry about the popular vote screwing over the smaller states. And that because if you switch to a, a complete popular vote, then like New York and L.A. run away with it. Why? Why is it only one political message would resonate in New York? Why isn't it that like every conservative voter in New York deserves a voice just as much as every liberal voter in Texas deserves that same voice? That's my problem with it is back in the day, 200 years ago, I understand why this kind of stood in the way of like, because you could travel by train to you could travel to train by New York and Chicago and just win those votes and win the popular. That's not the way it works anymore. We right. all have access to the information and literally every city in the country has a public library with Internet available to them. If you want to be an informed voter, you can now 200 years ago, if you're living in the middle of North Dakota, there was no way for you to get that information. There was no way for you to have that. So I understand why that existed. Times have changed, though. We're two presidential elections away from voting via our cell phone, right? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. But we're, I mean, we're, that's where we're headed, right? Is that the, welcome to the popular vote and you, you vote and we can do it this way and not have to worry about the small states getting screwed over because you vote via your, 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 your pocket and everybody's got the access to do it. So, I mean, we're two presidential elections away from that, right? I mean, I don't know if it's two, but it feels inevitable. It feels like in my lifetime that'll that happen. We will vote that way. Um, yes, I agree. yes, th- that that feels like the case. At the end of the day, I want everyone's vote to count. Like I said, dude, liberals, liberals in Texas and conservatives in California. I want your vote to count just as much as my vote. Just because, just because you live in a less populated state, that doesn't give you more of a voice. It shouldn't give you more of a voice than what I have. Well, ultimately, too, the conservative being worried about California, like I think. People People misunderstand California. California is one of these places where San Francisco and Los Angeles are going to be really, really progressive. But go to Orange County and tell me liberals are running Orange County. No, they aren't. That is totally conservatives that are living and operating in Orange County. That's a dude. It's one of these big fears that it's like most states run that way. But Ohio is like that. Where it's like, yeah, the cities are a little bit more progressive, but get in southern Ohio and tell me that that this is a liberal state. No, right. it's not. Right. That's the whole thing is your message should be able to resonate with city dwellers. It should be able to resonate with with people who live in the country and, and right in the middle of su- suburbia right there. I am of the belief that, yes, once upon a time that the Electoral College protected all of us. But now, given the fact of how many of us vote and yes, how in that the information is on TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week versus like the guy stumping in New York and L.A. only and skipping. Right. Do you know what I mean? That I don't think we have to worry about that anymore. I by no stretch of the imagination am I like, well, we wish about Hillary Clinton in the office because she won because, no, the rules were what the rules were when the game was played. President Trump won. There's no debating that he won the Electoral College votes. And that's the truth. 
But it's not a question of like, well, should we retroactively do it? It's like, what do we do in the future? What do we do from this point forth? And, and when you consider that two out of the last five president presidents did not win the popular vote, that's weird. I got right? a problem with that. I do. It, to me, I like I said, I, and I am one of these people who I believe you should vote, but ultimately, dude, I don't think that your vote for, for president really ultimately matters. If we move to the popular vote, I do feel like my vote matters. It matters more. It, it matters, it matters mo- more. It matters more than it did yesterday, and that's what was my whole point. Yeah. Uh, today, the last day to vote. In uh in in in, the, in local elections yeah. or no today I'm sorry last day to early vote tomorrow's actual election day so uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people who are like Dude, whatever I don't care about city politics but uh, tomorrow uh, dude, vote th- tomorrow those are the politics that matter for your life yes I'm 13 <laughs> like you know you know like I said about you know the presidential election when that season was going on that my life wasn't going to be ultimately that much different no matter who won and sure enough for a lot of people your life may be different but for my life I don't really see a difference in in him winning the president. You know, him winning the presidency over anybody else. My life is not all that different. Local politics is where your life really gets affected. You should vote in those things. So SNL took a swipe at the Cavs, decided not to air it. We have that video. We'll break it down for you. That's next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock. 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Do that at 8. Also get you hooked up with $1,000 at 8 o'clock as well. So a video making its rounds, and if you haven't seen it yet, it's online for you, wrqk.com. I've also posted it at facebook.com slash the Stansbury Show. Is an SNL skit that um, I guess was on the cutting room floor, and for some reason it's it, it's finding its way around. And Donald Glover was your host of SNL the other night, obviously with Solo coming out. I hear he's got an album coming out. We may actually play some new Donald Glover for you tomorrow on New Tour Tuesday. Haven't made those decisions yet. We'll find out. But they took a uh, a swipe at the Cavs roster, and they're basically driving home the point that LeBron James is the only thing the Cavaliers actually have and that the rest of the teammates are all, you know, lackluster, you know, average Joe types. And we have the audio. We'll roll that now. But don't forget about us. The other Cavaliers. And whatever LeBron needs, we'll get it done. As long as what he needs isn't basketball. But we've got everything else covered. Every time LeBron makes a free throw, I'm right there with that high five like, there you go, LeBron. I hold LeBron's third and fourth cell phone. You know that thing when you roll the ball up the court to save time? I'm pretty good at that. That's the part. And I only play in blue jeans. I average zero points, zero assists, Six personal fouls. I sweep up LeBron's chalk. I run the pick and roll. That's when I pick up LeBron's laundry and roll it on over to his house. I'm 53 years old. I have seven kids. It's supposed to be big perk here. Also on the Our point guard is sense. a Roomba. We run an offense called Hot Potato. LeBron throws us the ball, we throw it right back. Hot Potato. I shoot granny style. And don't forget about the girl on our team. It started as a gimmick. But guess who's the second leading scorer on the team, even though I'm a heavy smoker. And we're the other Cleveland Cavaliers. So we all just want to say thanks, LeBron. Thanks, LeBron. Thanks, Bron. Thanks, LeBron. And hey, sorry, man. So there it is. The video's online for you, WRQK.com. And I saw this passed around a ton over like the last two days. And here's what I'll say. I'm not an SNL viewer. Right. Okay. Right. 
And uh, I have not been an SNL viewer for quite some time. Um, I have no idea if the show's good or not anymore. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I always like that when people say, dude, I haven't watched it in 20 years. It sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst. And I'm like, well, if you haven't watched it in 20 years, like, how do you, how do you know that? For all I know, it could be the best it's been in 20 years. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't watch it. Right. But I saw this like floating around and I was like, well, and people were like, well, why did they cut it? And my thing is, is because if you don't live in Cleveland, the joke doesn't hold. Yeah, if you don't live in Cleveland or if you're not a heavy NBA follower, if you're a casual NBA follower, occasionally watching games, occasionally checking in on things, maybe this this would be funny to you. But if you're just like John Q. Public, this falls flat. I think the joke for most people would be, oh, he's that much better than everybody else on an NBA court. But why are you waiting 16 years to do this skit? We've known this about LeBron. Well, and, 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 and maybe if LeBron was a part of it, you know what I'm saying? Then it would be something. But like, yeah, yeah but you can't. But you can't. No, he yeah. can't. Of no, course he can't, he can't do, do that. that. No. But like, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's funny ish. Yes. I, I watched it on Facebook and I kind of laughed about it. I thought the um the girl on our team, well, it started as a gimmick, but now I'm the second leading scorer was kind of funny. But like, I don't know. As, as a whole, it, it was all right. My guess is this, is that there have been things that have hit the cutting room floor at SNL over the last two seasons of that show that were funnier than that. Meaning, hopefully, I could see why this got cut. Hopefully. Now, this is what I'm curious about. You, This would be an easier joke with... And a probably and it probably would have made the SNL rundown if the sport were different, right? Like you could do this with an NFL team easier, right? And the joke's funnier with. And I know this probably isn't the best example because he doesn't have to do it by himself. But if it was Tom Brady and the Patriots, does this joke play better because it's Boston, it's a bigger team? Yes, as opposed to as opposed to the Cavaliers, does this play better with the Yankees? Yes, because it's not the Cavaliers, it's I, not Cleveland. Yeah. To me, they did this skit a little too early. Meaning, leave the Cavs out of it. Wait for the Baker Mayfield version of this with the bigger sport. Yeah, nobody's going to care about Baker Mayfield. LeBron, LeBron, far greater than anything. bigger athlete for far sure. Great, far greater than anything the Browns can do. There. I mean, imagine if Baker Mayfield ends up being the LeBron, being LeBron James of football too, right? You're thinking about that. Um, just while we're speaking about LeBron, and before we get to Scott from waiting for next year, did you watch that game on Saturday night? I did. I watched oh. bits and pieces. I did not see the whole thing. I think it's time we do have to end the conversation on whether or not LeBron's clutch. I think that that's crazy to to ever have thought that the guy wasn't clutch. And I know what people are going to say. I I can already hear your fingers typing away. That in big moments in previous games, he's looked to pass the ball off and he hasn't wanted to take like the final shot. But dude, he's given you what? Two buzzer beaters in this series? Right, 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 right. Like in this playoffs (laughs) or run alone. Um, No, dude. I mean, at this point, it is just savor it while it's in front of you. Enjoy the greatness while it happens. And the point, and now Kevin Love certainly had a decent game Saturday and uh, and what was it? Thursday before that where, you know, yeah, he wasn't just a scrub out there and it's amazing what a difference that's made in the team and what LeBron and the team are able to do but dude this is just like this is every NBA playoff game played so far and this is what NBA players have done the most or least with their playoff minutes based on TPA which essentially means offensive points added and defensive points saved look at where LeBron is because this is their minutes and this is their score look at where LeBron is compared to everyone else bro it's 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 un it's unreal I think my favorite LeBron like piece of video you can find is from a guy named Nick Wright who works at FS1. He does a th- their morning show there with Chris Carter. He was on Colin Coward's show one day, and they were talking about how when LeBron was in the finals against Golden State, he went 36-13-9, LeBron did. 
36, 13, and 9 is what he averaged in the NBA Finals. The guy that was guarding LeBron James won the Finals MVP. The guy that held him to 36, right. 13, and 9 right, right. won the Finals MVP, meaning there is no containing LeBron James. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, this is just, I mean, you look at where every other Cavalier is. Kevin Love under the line, dude. Kevin Love is a deficiency to that team over this entire playoff run. He's been a deficiency, yet somehow or another, LBJ great enough to carry this team uphill. Like I said, dude, do I think they're going to win the championship? No, I, I don't. I don't think they're going to. I think if you but- need buzzer beaters from LeBron to beat the Toronto Raptors, even in, in, in game three, that, yeah, I think it tells you you're probably not playing with the Warriors. I, I don't care, though, at this point. I just want to breathe it in. I just want to enjoy it. I want to watch games. I want to see greatness in front of me. And, like, it doesn't matter, dude. Just go win tonight, and I don't care. I think, yes, I, 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 that will definitely be part of LeBron's legacy when the 30 for 30 officially is done on him later on in life will be that he was underappreciated in the moment of his actual playing. And I agree with that. I think... I think he's probably leaving. Um, he could end up saying, and I could be wrong, but I'm with you that, dude, I'm not worried about I don't care. It. I don't care. Exactly right. I got my championship. I don't care. He has the right to do whatever he wants, and he's fantastic. He was born and raised here. He plays here. That's one of these things. I'm just going to choose to enjoy that. I think you're right. And I do believe that they probably make the NBA Finals. I do not believe this roster can keep up with the Warriors. Again, I think LeBron needing buzzer beaters to beat the Raptors in Game 3 kind of proves that. Now, a lot of ifs in this sentence, but if, here we go. if, if LeBron wins this year, if the Cavaliers win the championship He's this year, officially the greatest player Michael ever. Jordan has to just bring him a goat, right? He just yeah. has to bring him a goat and say, there you go, bro. Wait, well, yes, because if you look at the NBA Finals he made and then got swept against the, uh, the Spurs with that roster, but even making the Finals with that roster is one thing, right? And then if you win an NBA Finals with this roster against a team in Golden State that's got Steph Curry and Durant... Uh, yeah, dude, like he's, yes, then honestly, I would just get a tattoo of a goat to cover up the chosen one on the back. A lot of ifs in that sentence, so. A lot of ifs. There. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're far away, <laughs> away from Ifs, ands, and buts there, but still. I Honestly, I ne- I want to be wrong about them winning the NBA Finals more than anything in the world, because I think that's an amazing story. If you take that roster full of like guys like me and win a title with it, I want to be wrong about this more than anything I've ever said in my life. I just don't believe that I am. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.969. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9 at 8 o'clock. We'll pass out another $1,000. Also, talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on what's going on with the tribe. Also, the Cavs. And Baker Mayfield, I'm hearing, is buddying up with Bernie Kozar, which I think is smart. Burner, um, burner, and Baker, Baker, right there. Dude, I like it. People in uh, Ohio, people love them some Bernie Kosar. Yeah. So if you want to win the crowd over, that's probably not a bad system. No, dude. I mean, get it on that, uh, you know, that 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 Northfield Park Roxino, dude. Kosar's right there. Then you got Bernie. Then you got Mayfields, baby. I love it. Kosar's is good. Dude. <laughs> dude, Sticks really good. So uh, downtown Canton has a new place to live. Okay. The Hercules officially opening. I believe this was o- over Friday, right? Yeah, first Friday. Which were you out for first Friday? Did a not, little, uh, not a ton. Okay, right. not not a ton. I went out and had okay. uh, like two tacos, and I went home. Okay, yeah, I was at Busman eating tacos too. I didn't do that's, much. That's the right. thing to do right there. I was actually in Busman Saturday night and uh, was in there a little longer. Did a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things got a little out of hand Saturday night. Anyway, the Hercules apartment complex now uh, had its grand opening Friday, and uh, Bob Timken showcased the place off, and I didn't realize that that place was about four acres. 
Yeah, it's big. Across Market Avenue. Now, I drive by it every morning on my way to the freeway to, to get here in, uh, in the morning. I've been interested about taking a tour. And actually, I did get, I got early access to them before they were totally done. Right. Somebody walked me through one of them. And they are nice. They are absolutely, they are really, really nice. Um, and I believe now they have 18 units that are rented. 11 more are leased with move-in dates through the end of June. Wow. They've already pushed 29 of those units. Wow. Yeah. Uh, dude, honestly, that flies in the face of my opinion of that. That 29 units rented already, that's impressive. I guess their, their residents range um, from your early 20s, which I was not shocked to find out, to early 80s, which I am a little more shocked about. The only thing I'm going to say about early 20s is, is that like... These aren't cheap places to live. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not. So if you're in your early 20s and you can afford to live there, you obviously either A, come from money, or B, have done done very well for yourself. Doing well for yourself, right. So let's look at how much money it costs to live in the Hercules, right? Yeah. For an available one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment, it's anywhere from eight ninety five to fourteen forty five. dollars Okay? Two-bedroom units are anywhere from $1,600 wow. to $3,700. Dude, I, in general, I, rent runs about a dollar fifty per square foot. So now, these are big places. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, these are really big ass apartments. Then, so okay, I don't haven't been there since it's been finished. Right. Okay. I live in downtown Canton. Right. Fifteen hundred a month. A lot of money to live downtown. A lot of money is a lot of money. A lot of money. I mean, dude, that's it. It's honestly, I don't want to be. I don't want to say too much, but I think it. Well, but here's the thing, though, is that we both think it, but at the end of the day, get evidence it. flies in the face of what we think right now, because I thought that when the Anesto opened up, I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You're going to spend that much living on rent? Dude, I live in within sight at that time. I was like within sight of the Anesto, and I was like, dude, I spend half of that. Why would anybody live there? And they right. filled it up. And then I thought the same thing with Bliss Towers. I was like, well, there's no way they're going to have two premier apartment landings in the same area and fill them both up, and then they filled up Bliss Towers. And then I was like, well, the Hercules, it's all around the other side of downtown. There's no way. And now they've got 29 units running, dude. So in my face. Now, the largest apartment they have there is 2,400 square feet. Has uh, it, It's a two-bedroom suite, each with walk-in closets and double vanities in the bathrooms. The unit has the only freestanding tub in the complex and opens onto the old loading dock area for the Hercules site. Now, that apartment, I'm sure, is is fantastic. And my guess is that's where you're getting into the 30. $3,700 a month. That's a lot of money, man. To live in down. Now, here's the money. other thing. Okay. And again, I wanted to look into this building because I want to move out of where I live. I kind of, I got a good situation where I live, and it, it's one of these first world problem things I have where it's like I shouldn't complain, but I want to get out of where I live. I'm over it. Uh, dude, at the end of the day, I think when you live in any apartment for long enough, there comes to be a time where it's like, eh, enough's enough here. So I, I, I don't think that's a slight against where you're living. I think it just comes to be a time. Yeah, it's just, it, I just want change, I think. But even where I live is getting close to being like, like I've had people who have come over to my apartment and said this, right. man, you got a killer apartment. But is this really downtown? And because again, like Hercules is selling you on downtown living. I mean, it's over by like it's it's by, over, it's past like you're how, on the corner of Eleventh Street. I was going to say Twelfth essentially is what you're getting towards right there. And so, dude, like my point is, you're not walking to most things downtown. Downtown to me is from Six South to Six North, and then probably from Walnut. Up to McKinley, yeah, right there. maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like at that point, I know Arts and Stark is going to sell you on Sixth to Sixth. That's the way they're going to sell you on on like the Arts District. Um, I live on Sixth. I can tell you this: 
honestly, as a guy who lives downtown, it's fourth to fourth is really the way I feel about it. Now, I that's not the exact thing. Yeah. But fourth to fourth feels it, like this is really downtown. It's really where everything's happening. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, it, it feels like a lot of money to me, dude. What, it does. What uh, a big part of the problem is, and I know people are going to have an issue with like, well, you know, there's too much focus on downtown and there needs to be, you know, renovations in other areas. And I 100% agree with that. And that's why I support issue 13. Um, but when it comes down to it, downtown is in an interesting predicament right now where you've got these premier apartment complexes filling up. You've also got Canton Tower right there where it's right. like that is essentially a section. Empty. A, you know what yeah, I'm, well, I mean, like, so at this point, you've got to find somewhere in the, in the middle. And I will always tip my hat to where I rent from King Properties because they have affordable units that are nice. It's not like, hey, these are going to be $1,700. They're in the, in the from the five dollars to $800 range. And they're still where you, nice. Where you need young professionals to be. You know what I'm saying? If you want young people to come in, these 22-year-olds, you're going to have to give them an option because they're making $35,000 a year. You know what I'm saying? You, right. can't, you can't price it out of their range, but you also want something nice for your area. So like... I live in one of the nicer apartment buildings downtown. I And the, the, from people who have lived here a long time, who Come, I have come over after the bars closed. I do after hours of my place sometimes. This and that. People have been like, dude, I've lived in a ton of places downtown. This place is pretty nice, right? And mine right now, I'll tell you what I pay. I don't care. I'm eight fifty all in, but it's all my utilities. So to live further outside of downtown than where I live and move to fifteen hundred plus starting, start starting plus utilities for a one bedroom. It's just good for you. I'm glad you're going to be able to get it, but. As a guy who was going to entertain the idea of looking there to move, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because I think, dude, the rental house I could get for that kind oh, of money. Oh, jeez, dude, yeah. I could, dude, you could live in Jackson and rent a house for that. Like th- That's where I was just a little surprised. Good for them. It needed to be done. Here's what I'm happy about. It's not empty sitting there right. as a place where crime can go down. I'm happy people are able to afford that. It's just like... I was shocked to find out that they were going to get that much money for there, but good for them, man. 1600 starting. Jeez. More Sansbury Show. Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com and also $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Sansbury Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We also have $1,000 to pass out, but before we do, we talked to our good buddy, Scott, from winningfornextyear.com. Plenty to talk about in the sports world. Buddy, I know you're probably high off that Cavs buzz. They play again tonight. Do you believe the Cavaliers and LeBron James sweep the Raptors this evening? I mean, if, if momentum is any indicator, yeah. Um, but, you know, there's always that ability. We know these Cavaliers. I'm not, not, not to be the, the wet blanket here, but they, they tend to, you know, let you down when you think they should, they should, they should motor through. But... They re- I, I do think LeBron has this Toronto team, you know, right? He's right in their heads. And I think they're, for whatever reason, they did everything in their power to, to come back in that game three and still <laughs> fell the way they did. So I th- I expect the Q crowd to be, to be pretty crazy. And as long as the players don't play dumb and limit turnovers and do things like that, they, they should come away with the sweep tonight. And now we got Donald Glover playing point guard, so everything's <laughs> going to be fine. That was great. I never, I never really picked up on how how much he looks like Jeff Green until yeah. until they had him until they had him in the Jeff Green jersey. But yeah, no that that that's uh 
this kid was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was amusing, and you know, obviously Kevin Love has kind of gotten his act together. But as a whole, I think that 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 skit played pretty true. Um, the Cavaliers kind of have struggled with everyone not named LeBron James, uh, but luckily LBJ on the Cavaliers still wearing the wine and gold. Sunday, I was I was cutting my grass, and there were some kids playing basketball down the street from me, and punk. I kept well, and I kept hearing well, right, no punk ass kids. What the hell do they think they're doing? But I kept hearing the one kid go. LeBron when he was shooting and to me I was like man that's magic right there what does this playoff run you got Michael Rappaport patting LeBron on the back now what does this playoff run uh that shot that he made on Saturday night what does this do for his legacy and kind of how people perceive him as not being clutch well I mean anybody who says he's not clutch is is ridiculous to begin with I mean even though the pat the shots he's he's passed up to 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 find an open Daniel Marshall or or an open Kyle Korver in in game what was that four uh, against uh, game three maybe game four against the, the Warriors last year you know, those those are clutch plays I mean that's that is that is getting to the rim and having three guys swarm you and finding the open guy with a pinpoint pass I mean that that just because you don't hit the game winning shot doesn't mean you're not clutch but the 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 shot against Indiana and the shot last or on uh, Saturday night against Toronto. Um, you know, I think I think really ruins a lot of narratives for people who want to try and poke holes in the whole, in the game of LeBron because, you know, he did it. He did it with a he did it with an open three. He did it with a, you know, running bank layup. I mean, everything that this guy th- has thrown at you know these opposing teams has worked in his in his benefit. He's just playing at a whole new level right now. If I were LeBron, this whole conversation about this ending the conversation about him being clutch would annoy me. So wait a minute, everything I've accomplished in my career, all like the NBA All-Star teams, the the Olympics. The Three couple, championships, the, right? Yeah, the couple of championships, but a, but a buzzard beater in game three against the Toronto Raptors, and now people are like, no, bro, you're clutch. Like, I think it's almost crazy that these are the things that are needed to put this icing on this cake. Well, I mean, again, it's it's not, I don't think it's a widely held feeling that LeBron is in clutch. I think there's just a few people out there Haters. Who try, you know, the, the Skip Baylesses of the world. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't, I mean, even, I, ref, I sometimes refuse to call adults haters. They're just adults with really, really bad opinions. <laughs> um, I love You know, that, who, who, who tend to, you know, just, who just grade on people. But yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they have this thing that they have to cling to in any, any way possible to, to sound at least somewhat smart. And then LeBron does everything in his power to make them look even, even more dumb. And so, I mean, that's what I like the most out of the whole thing is just everybody, you know, not really having anything to, to poke holes in. And I know there's always going to be the MJ stands. I get it. I mean, when we were, when, you know, I was growing up, he was, he was the man and we saw what he did and the championship and the rings and all that stuff and the killer mentality and all these, these cliches you want to throw around. But I don't know if you, if you, if you didn't watch Michael Jordan play, if you're a, you know, anywhere between say, I don't know, 15 and 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 then 25 or somewhere in there. Like right now, and all you know is LeBron. I mean, this, this guy is just putting on a hell of a show that these kids will never see again. And it's it's great that they at least get to appreciate it without having the context of all the the MJ Kobe and on down the line debate. Well, I mean, yeah, God forbid these kids didn't watch Jordan pull up and you know stuff jumpers in Dan Marley's face. You know, <laughs> you know, God forbid they didn't happen to watch that happen. As a matter of fact, I know there are some other national, you know, uh, sports shows that are starting to point out the fact that people want to talk about like the competition Jordan played against. He's like, all right, well, let's look at it. And sure enough, they found you know NBA Finals games where Jordan went nine for twenty-two. You know what I mean? Like so, this whole like LeBron's not clutch and Jordan. It's it's partially, and people have pointed this out. I'm not. I this is not my 
observation. People have pointed this out. It is the Twitter, it is like this sports center culture where it's like all they show you is every Michael make. Look at him, he's you know, just make after make after make. Where LeBron is playing in this moment where everybody's Real got Twitter time, yeah. and people are retweeting every miss he's ever had. Where it's like they don't do that with Jordan. So I just think I think it would be crazy to look, be like, or oh, here's this player, 16 years in the league, dominates in every category, but the one thing he doesn't have is clutchability. That's gonna be the one thing he doesn't I mean, it's just a ridiculous argument. Yeah, no, for sure. And I can't think of who did it, but there was a thread that was getting passed around Twitter a while back dispelling all these notions about how Michael played against tougher defenses and things like that. Some of the guys that they had guarding him over the years, like you mentioned, Dan Marley. We, you know, we clearly know Craig Elo. I mean, these guys aren't exactly defensive stalwarts in the NBA and, and much, much less athletic overall than – and this isn't to take away from Dan Marley's gigantic arms – but, I mean, you know, when you're talking about freak athleticism and the length and the speed and the, the explosiveness, even like OG, you know, on Toronto, yeah, he, he, he's doing everything he can. But from a defensive standpoint, he's much better than a lot of these guys that, that Michael played against. But, it's just, you know, it's nostalgia. I'm going to get deep here really quick. But nostalgia isn't really what you remember. It's what you forget. And it's, yes. and it's all that stuff. And it's all the, the, the bad things as well that you, just, that you just cast aside because the good ones were so good. I would agree with that. that. That nostalgia is about what you have forgotten, not what you remember. That is absolutely – it's the same thing about why people are be like, deep. dude, I'm going to get back together with my ex-girlfriend. Deep right there, man. That's deep. Yeah. I, uh, no, I would agree, and I, I have known forever that LeBron is clutch. Now, again, part of that narrative got built on the fact that he's willing to pass the ball late in the game to find the right basketball play, and people view that as weakness, and I don't totally understand that. Are you any more confident now? Seeing them start to come alive, that there's a chance that there's a fluke that they could actually pull out a title win? Well, for real quick on that, Richard Jefferson was at practice yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said everybody who is betting, you know, ragging on LeBron for passing the ball, you, you, you know, he said in this league you're supposed to have more brains than balls. Right. And that's, ex- and that's exactly what LeBron has had since he came to the league at age 18. Right. And, and, people just, and people thought, you know, they, they see that as being too small for the moment. And in meanwhile, it's LeBron is being light years ahead of everybody else. So I mean, so and he and that's Richard Jefferson, a guy who's been in the league for you know seems like fifty years, who Forever, who, yeah. who played who played against MJ and who who played against LeBron. So, uh, but that's that. No, I mean the way they're playing, I mean there's there's nothing that can surprise me at this point. Um, you know there were there there's a lot of people who thought once they got past Indiana the way they did, that they could they could easily motor through the rest of the Eastern Conference and nobody would bat an eye. Um, you know, it's just it's it's kind of the the the, the live by the sword, die by the sword nature of these Cavaliers. They they that's that's why they've been so frustrating all season is because you know they have this in them that they could just destroy this upper level competition, and then they're losing by twenty to Minnesota or you know near someone along those lines. And that's and that's the and that's why fans get kind of irritated with the the regular season. And I totally get it. But I think if they if they you know if they they'd be wise given that the first series won seven games to really give almost a game seven effort tonight. To then to then get about six days off here between uh, tonight and the re- end of the or the beginning of the next round, and I think Boston's a tremendous matchup for them. Um, I don't think they have anybody who can guard LeBron. Tristan and and Kevin have have, have a history of ending Al Horford's season, mm-hmm. right? Um, and 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 I and as as much as Terry Rozier and Marcus Smart and and those guys have played well for for Boston. Um, I just don't see how they have an answer for what the Cavs would throw at them. So, I, I mean, they'd be very, very wise to end this series tonight 
and uh, and and get some rest before motoring through Boston as well. Yeah, hands down, Brad Stevens, I think, is the best coach in the NBA, but the Cavaliers have their number, especially with a depleted Boston team. I, I, I agree with that take 100%. Um, a lot of optimism we're talking about, a lot of feel-good stories with the Cavaliers. I want to shift into something where I just saw people just lose their minds over the weekend. Uh, the Indians essentially got worked by the Yankees, and a big part of the reason was the bullpen not able to really give any help right there. Um, is is the Twitter overreaction happening right here, or are the Indians really in trouble with their bullpen? Uh, both. Uh, I say, you know, Twitter always lives by the moment, um, but the Indians' bullpen is going, it has cost them multiple games already through this young season. Uh, Andrew Miller's hurt. Uh, you know, he had that hamstring injury a couple games ago, and they've gotten so desperate they're throwing Cody Allen in the, in the eighth innings. I mean, just because they don't want to have anybody else go out there and, and, and potentially give these things up. Um, you know, and that's not that Brian Shaw would save them or not that Joe Smith would save them, but they need, they need another arm in there. And that's, and that's the kind of disappointing part is because they're already, you know, one of the worst run producing teams in the AL, you know, from a, when you, when you, you know, when you stack rank, um, you know, they're, they're winning, you know, but they're not exactly scoring a ton of runs here. And when you're not going to score a ton of runs, you don't, you don't want to tax your starters as much as they have. If you're not going to trust your bullpen, you're going to you're going to force these guys to throw seven, eight innings, and that's not a recipe for long-term success. So they got to, you know, and I hate to say that they they got to do something soon because you don't want to be too much of a prisoner of, of what happened this past weekend. But it's clear that without Andrew Miller, um, the, these guys are going to be in trouble to uh, you know to win to win or, or hold on to leads. So I yeah I don't know it's, it's Twitter doing Twitter things, but the Indians are giving them plenty of fuel to, uh, to do it as well. We're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. I cannot let you go without bringing this up to you. I'm seeing a lot of media-driven stories that I believe is going to lead us into a quarterback controversy before the first week of the season. We're hearing stories about Baker Mayfield staying late at like a rookie practice to make sure he's getting something down and getting the timing right. Then we're hearing Baker Mayfield stories about how he's spending time with Bernie Kosar and looking to this guy is definitely, I got to give it as a guy who thought it was crazy. We picked him number one. I was a Sam Darnold guy. I got to be honest. Baker thus far seems like he's doing the right stuff to win over that hard nosed blue collar Ohio football crowd. And that these might be the right things to do here, but it seems like the media is driving all this stuff down the field. It's like there's a very good chance. I think Baker Mayfield starts a Baker, Ty- right? Baker, right? Baker. I think Tyrod Taylor might not play. Like, what's going on here? You know, and Hugh, Hugh didn't. Hugh didn't help. Um, you know, I think you know to spell that. You know, they keep talking no about the, there's going to be a you know quote unquote competition in uh, in the preseason. Right. A couple things. Uh, one, this that this this past weekend last year. Uh, or last, or not last year, but after Johnny was drafted, he was in Vegas, um, you know, for that, you know, all the, you know, the whole swan champagne thing that everybody, you know, has, has pictures of. Um, so I think there's a, there's a, there's a desire to con- contrast that, right? I think there's a lot of people who, Good. you know, who, 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 who hollowly think the that Baker is the second coming of Manziel. Right. And, and so you're going to see a lot of that, just like, when LeBron left Cleveland, you know, in 2010, all the stories about Kyrie Irving were about how he wasn't LeBron, right? And how he was, he was loyal to his hometown and he was a good kid and he's donating his, you know, rookie salary to charity and, you know, or all, you know, all these things. And a lot of that, again, media driven, but it was, it was a desire to contrast and make people realize that they're not, you know, they're not the same people. 
Um, the other part is Baker is just a really, really good quarterback who wants to learn and, and do these kind of things. And I think as, as those stories are going to continue to come out, as long as he keeps doing them, uh, conversely, if he was not doing them, you would hear about it as well. So when you have the, t- you have the top pick in the draft, you have a quarterback, you have someone as, I don't, I don't want to call him polarizing, but as, as, as much of a celebrity kind of figure as you're going to get in this rookie class in Baker Mayfield, there's going to be a lot of stories about him, just like there's going to be a lot of story, stories about Tim Tebow when he was going to be the backup as well. So I don't, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't envy Tyrod Taylor's position at all. Um, but uh, again, I, and until proven otherwise, I'd be shocked if, if Baker is is your is your starting quarterback. I think they re- if they're going to give this kid a chance to succeed long term for this team, he needs he's going to need time, and that time includes you know working with veteran quarterbacks. Right now, it's just rookie mini camps. Um, you know, once he gets in that quarterback room with, with Taylor and, and uh, Stanton and, and on down the line, um, I think that's where he's going to learn the most. And I think learning behind those guys will be huge for him. So, yeah, I think fans are going to be chanting his name as, as the losses pile up. I think the media is going to drive his name as the losses pile up. But uh, at the end, I, I do think if I'm John Dorsey, you know, I'm kind of almost not even putting him on the list of, of potential active quarterbacks. I would rather that. I don't see that happening. I have said week six since the night of the draft. I'm going to continue to stay week six. That's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. But he will talk to you again next Monday at 8. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Have a great week. We'll uh, be right back with more Sansbury Show after getting you hooked up with this $1,000. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock. 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. We'll pass out some Slayer tickets here momentarily. They're playing June 7th out at Blossom. We'll get you guys hooked up. Also, uh, we've just got word of another concert coming to Canton. We'll get into that here in a little while. Nice. Buzzman got something going on? Nah, no? Not this time. All right. I'm sure they do. Oh, yeah. They always yeah. have something going on. Actually, there was a pretty good like jam band hippie thing going on in there Saturday night I was in there, and uh, one of those things that wouldn't normally be my scene, but that band was good at it. Like They were definitely good at what they were doing. That's the beautiful thing about Buzzman, and not to turn this into a Buzzman commercial, but like you can walk in there any night, and sometimes it's like, eh, not my cup of tea. Other times you're like, oh my God, dude, this band is phenomenal. You have no, zero clue sometimes. I've been su- I've been pleasantly surprised by Buzzman. I know off the top of my head at least four times where I walked in there, had no idea what band was playing, stood in there, was like, oh my God. Like, this band's actually really good. You're absolutely right about that. Concert's what we're going to talk about right now, actually. All right. As uh, festival season right around, you yeah. know, the big one coming up here in Columbus here pretty soon. Um, so we figured we would talk about this. This is Ticket Pick, or Tick Pick, sorry, is like one of these like online tickets, like marketplace things, right? And they've done some research, and they were looking to figure out what the uh, percentage of people who attend these types of shows have had sex at them and where. Okay. All right. Okay. So now it was about a thousand people got surveyed. Okay. So not that many when you start thinking about how many people go to concerts, right? But all right, take a guess out of the, out of the thousand people that were surveyed, the percentage of people who had sex in a porta potty. At a concert. I'm going to guess relatively low uh, because it's gross and who don't have sex in a porta potty? So I'm going to say uh, 10%. Oh my God. You got it really close. Really? 9.4. Okay. So okay. really, so 10%. Okay. Yes. 
Now, I have not, I have had sex at a concert, okay? I have not had sex in a porta, in, in, in like a porta potty at a concert, but I do have a story about a friend who did. Um, I once upon a time had done another version of a radio show with a guy named Maxwell. A lot of you guys know him, right? And he had met, now he is now married and has a second daughter with his new wife, but at that point he was not married. And his original, original, his first baby mama, he met at, uh, I believe it was a Rage Against the Machine show, and he met her, had sex with her in a porta potty the night OJ was running from the cops. Wow. And I told him, you were the only guy in America that should have been running faster than OJ that <laughs> night. Like, dude, what? Like, I, here's the thing I'm too old now. To not be in a porta potty with a woman and think to and judge her about the fact that she's willing to give me sex in there now. Yeah. I don't think I could get that done now. I mean, we talked about it, I don't know, it was two weeks ago or something like that, about poop particles floating around in your bathroom. And like those are your poop particles, and it's still gross to me. A porta potty, there are that entire concert, the entire rock on the range audience, and you've seen them, dude. You've been out there, you know what shirts they're wearing, you know what they're drinking, like you know what's happening there, and the entire Rock on the Range audience, their poop particles are now involved in your sex, dude. That's what happens when you have porta potty sex. Well, not only that, but like I got idiot buddies who would know, oh my god, Stan's was banging that chick in that porta potty, and they would totally tip it over oh, on me. Oh, dude, and I'm, I'm sorry, uh, and I know it's, it's this is one of those things that like city workers and cops are gonna be like, shut up, Phantom, but tipping over that porta potty is like the funnest thing in the world to do. <laughs> I can remember being 15 and all that blue water goes over. We blew one up one time, dude. It's we, like cow tipping, yeah, it is fun. It is, there's something about it. There is something fun um, about it. Um, but like, one of the things, yes, I understand you're at a concert, you're all horned up, dude, you've been doing drugs all day, you've been drinking all day, you meet this chick and she's in the exact same fashion, or maybe it's your girlfriend, maybe it's your wife, you know, who knows, but at the end of the day, you step into that porta potty and porta potties are so gross, like, I don't want to pull my penis out and pee, you know what I mean? So you're going to get an erection, sustain an erection, reach orgasm, all within that porta potty mm, Well, I'm out, bro. I'm here's out. my thing. You're not undressing. No, you're just pulling them down a little so bit. So now I got my my pants are uh, through the motion <laughs> of banging. My, I would imagine that my my pants then ultimately shimmy down my legs, right? And now are just like laying in that urine puddle that's right. on the floor, right, dude? <laughs> oh my no. god! No, even even when I was like younger and like didn't necessarily care as much and going to concerts all the time. I mean, I've done things in porta potties you shouldn't be doing them. Having sex, not one of them, man. No, it was, I, and I was selling myself on while I was in there. I was like, well, I don't want to smell what's in here anyway. Might as well use the nose, something else, right? No, absolutely. 28% of the respondents said that they had sex in a field at a concert. 15% of the people said they did it right in the middle of the crowd. Yeah, I saw, this was, God, dude, I think this was an Ozfest, and it was, I mean, I was young. I think I was like probably 14, 15. I wasn't even an adult. I can remember I saw two people having sex, and it was just like, all right, whatever, like, I've had sex in the woods at Blossom, right. never like on the lawn in the like I didn't want to get caught. Like I wanted to be able to continue yeah, and, and then yeah. finish and finish this subject. Forty six percent of the respondents that had sex at a concert said that they had done it with somebody they had just met. Just met, and I'm going to say of that, I'm going to say majority raw dog in it. It's dude, it's if you're if you're dirt nasty enough to meet somebody, then go bang them out in a porto potty, dude. You're not wearing a rubber, dude. I, the amount of people that get busted having sex 
at the concert venue I work at, I think would blow you away. There's something about concerts or mini vacations for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like waited all year to go to the right, one show you're going right, to go to. Right, 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 right. This is I spent my 45 bucks, dude, and I'm I'm blowing it out, man. I'm doing it all. Or somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right. We have Slayer tickets. Maybe you can yeah, have sex at a Claire, concert. Yeah, absolutely right. June 7th, that show is. We'll take caller 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625. Also let you know about another concert headed to Canton, Ohio. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out another $1,000 coming up at 9.10 this morning. One more time, I want to thank everybody who came out and uh, took part of the Save 22 hike. Save 22 is an organization raising awareness over the fact that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. They do an annual hike. Um, Saturday was the third one. We started at the Carroll County Vets Club, and uh, I did about a seven-mile hike, I I believe is what it was, and I hiked with a couple of different people and got to meet some cool people, and what a great day that was. Stansberry still got a little of the soreness on him. Every time he stood up today, he's like, like, oh! Like, here's the thing. Like, (laughs) I didn't... I didn't struggle at all during the hike. Felt fine. And um, I believe all the gym work I do helped with that. But then on Sunday, like, I woke up. Sure enough, I felt worse than I did, like, after, like, a workout. So I don't know if it's just walking on pavement is that much harder than, like, ellipticals or whatever. But it did, man. Like, dude, my ass cheeks were sore yesterday. Grandpa Stansberry's just been like, Ben Gay, I need it, Phantom. Oh, dude, I did gay it up yesterday. I'm sure you did, dude. I was all gay yesterday, dude. Head to toe wiped down. I love that stuff. It smells good, dude. It smells kind of like an old man, but at the same time, dude, I love the way Bengay smells. I know. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty good there. I was. I was all gayed up, dude. I dipped myself in the tub of it yesterday. Um, I saw a couple of pictures from the hike. Um, one of the things I thought was awesome, this dude was like, I don't know, like in his underwear and like these red, white, and blue shorts, and he had those like red and white or red and blue smoke bombs, and yeah. those were going off, and I was cheering America just looking at the pictures. There was there was a lot of Captain America type stuff I going like on. I like it. Yeah. No, that was, that was good. I could see myself being part of that hike every year now. Yeah. I enjoyed that. So, got some big news for Canton, Ohio. Big news. All right. What do we got going on here? Now, Mike, so, is Mike from Buzzman opening up another business? What do we got going on I'm here? I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. Um, Mike, the official like mayor of downtown Canton. Um, now, some of you won't care because you're not going to care about this artist, but this is still a big get for the area to have. And that is July 1st. Tom Benson Stadium, Mr. Worldwide, Pitbull, is playing Tom Benson Stadium July 1st. And again, like I know a lot of you right now are like, I don't care. But my thing is, is, dude, what a huge get. I mean, he is a big deal. Hell yeah. I mean, it, I was going to say, if he's not an A-lister, who would be? Like, who's any bigger than him right now in that world? I can't imagine anybody's that much bigger than him. Um, are you going to be able to... What about Taylor Swift? Well, okay, yes. But I mean, the, there's a handful, at, sure. At the end of the day, a huge artist, when you consider... Five years ago, Canton, Ohio was drawing nobody. We didn't have any concerts. Right. We had literally, like, nothing going on. And you look at the renovations done with Tom Benson Stadium. You look at kind of what's happened there. And look at who's come through town recently. Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. Um, Aerosmith. Toby Keith. Toby Keith. Kid, Kid Rock. Rock. This summer, Maroon 5. Pitbull. 
what else do we want? I mean, like, honest to God, Canton, Ohio, if you cannot get behind this, if you can't get behind these concerts, if we can't sell these out, what are, what are, what are we waiting for? What I mean, it's freaking Pitbull, dude. I, I don't with, care, but I, it's freaking Pitbull. I think if you can't, dude, if you don't sell out Maroon 5 and Pitbull, it is a, it's, it's a, it's a, Spotlight on a problem with the area. Like right. you got to step up and sell these shows out. Right, you do. I, 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 I just, I just don't understand how there's not excitement for this. Like I said, five years ago, this wasn't even like a thing. This wasn't even like, hey, maybe we'll get like a national touring artist. Hell, dude, having somebody at the Ribs Burn Off was like, all right, man, we got the Charlie Daniels Band up there. Boy, oh boy, look at us now. And it's like, dude. We had Aerosmith freaking play for us. Yeah, that was awesome. Aeros- phenomenal. Aerosmith was awesome. But I, yeah, I think it's um I mean dude, it wasn't it was like two years ago under where Pipple could sell out the queue. Oh yeah. So it's like if he can sell that out and you don't sell it out here, that's a problem. I I'm telling you right now, Pipple could still go sell out the queue right now. So? Yes, I think what the problem is is I Probably. think people I think people look at Cleveland, people look at the queue, people look at those venues up there as like a destination. I'm going to go there. When it gets thrown into your backyard for some reason or another, people are like, eh. Which uh, that blows my mind. What what are you talking about? You don't even have to drive anywhere. The Uber ride's gonna be cheap as hell, man. I mean, dude, Canton kind of on the bend, right? On the turn here, you got like I know we were talking about it. It's, it's a little pricey, but still, you got the Hercules opening. So like downtown living's getting better. The Ernesto and Bliss already there, and so now you add another one of those. So downtown living's getting better. The concerts at Tom Benson are getting better. Potholes. <laughs> I uh. No, dude, your woman will want to go to Pitbull. You'll yeah. probably go to this, right? Yeah, dude, July 1st, man. Standing outside Tom uh, Benson Stadium, right? Dude, hand. Mr. Worldwide, fireball playing in the background. Dude, shots of fireball, who cares? I remember when I was working at one of the other radio stations, we had a top 40 in there, and at any given time, you were in the hallway. It was like Friends on TBS. Like, Mr. Pitbull was on every, because he was on everybody's song. Like, it was yeah. literally where you could not schedule Pitbull songs far enough apart because he was just on everything. I do hear he's doing the Naperville Rib Fest four days later. Interesting. I uh, I was surprised to hear Pitbull um, as the artist. Yeah, very surprised. I had no idea this was going on. This was totally just kind of like thrusted at us this morning. And it's like, oh, at first I was like, dude, is this fake? Is this real? Is this not true? But when like, I first heard it, I figured they were just adding them to the Maroon 5 show uh-huh. the way they did with, with Kid Rock and Tim McGraw, but they're not. It's actually a whole separate show. It's like its own separate thing. July 1st. Um, Aaron Lewis coming to play the uh, Sark County Fair. Yeah. And who else was it? There was another big band. I don't want to say Travis Tritt. No. Somebody else is playing. Another bigger country artist is playing the Sark County it Fair this year. And like, once again, dude, if we can't sell these things out, they're going to stop coming. You guys have to be a part of these things. I know Stansbury and I are always beating the beating the drum of Canton, Ohio, but like, we got to get behind this, guys. Yeah. I mean, dude, if you don't sell out A-listers, they're not going to bring they're not gonna anything. Come. They're not going to come anymore. They're not going to make it. Yeah. They're not going to bring anything. And ultimately, then I then worry that this is what happens. Is that the place where this should be? I worry that's what happens. That's why it's important to get out and support that stuff. So we think we have a quarterback controversy here in Cleveland yeah. because we took Baker Mayfield. We already have Tyrod Taylor and that whole thing. We, we feel like there's a quarterback controversy coming. There's one brewing in Pittsburgh, too. Big Ben had some interesting things to say. I want to look at that. We'll do it next after getting you hooked up with $1,000 on Rock 106.9. I'm a baby.
fire at all. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. About to pass out another $1,000 here momentarily. Stick around. Get your keyword for that. I believe that the Cleveland Browns are heading towards a con- uh, a quarterback controversy. Um, I believe they signed Tyrod Taylor and then went and drafted Baker Mayfield because they have similar playing styles and that ideally what they want to do is build something that they can hand off to Baker Mayfield. I've seen this movie a couple of times. Um, this franchise has done it before. Now Dorsey is at the helm of it and wasn't before, so who knows? Maybe they'll do this right. But I just feel like what we're going to have is we're going to have Baker Mayfield on the field maybe before he should be. Now, what a lot of people are going to say is the other thing could absolutely be true. What if you throw Tyrod Taylor in here? Dorsey actually drafted some good players. We did some right things during the you know the offseason and all that. If Tyrod Taylor goes eight and eight, how do you bench him? <laughs> okay. That, and because yes. I, I I heard this, if Tyrod Taylor takes you to the playoffs, how do you bench him? Well, of course. So it's That's... like, well, Buffalo already did it, and so like, and and Andrew Hawkins, who does that show with Joe Thomas, actually brought that up. He said, "Dude, imagine being, imagine taking both the Bills and the Browns." Playoff star franchises to the playoffs and then still being told you're not good enough. Like, that would be a little crazy. It's not happening this year. I'm sorry, Browns fans. I it's, agree. it's just not. But the, the real debate will be of well, what if he leads you to four wins? What if you guys are sitting, what if you guys are sitting at, 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 at three and five going into week nine? Is that enough to, 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 to continue him going forward? In my opinion, yes. At the end of the day, if, if I'm the Browns brass and I'm looking at this right now, I said the same thing about Johnny Manziel. I'm going to say about Baker Mayfield. I know they're two separate people, separate quarterbacks, but you're not playing the first year, bro. End, end of the story, period. End of end of the sentence. You are not playing next year. If, if, if Tyrod Taylor blows his knee out, Drew Stanton, get up there and we'll go get Cody Kessler again or we'll go get some jabroni again. I'm sorry, Baker. You are not playing this year. I would like it that way. I think it's week six. He's on the field. Now, here's why I kept saying for the last few years, it's important that you get your quarterback situation locked down. And here's why. You got Flacco getting older in Baltimore. Now I know they just picked up Lamar Jackson. But my thing has been, Big Ben has been saying for years now, I'm not sure if I'm going to play next year. We'll see how the body feels. He's been hinting towards retirement for a while. He and Mike Tomlin hate one another. It's starting to creep out more and more. They do not get along. Now, he also did not get along with Todd Haley, our new offensive coordinator. Okay? So this might be a problem with Big Ben. Yeah, I was going to say, coming denominator. Maybe it's not a Mike Tomlin problem. Maybe it's not a Haley problem. Maybe it's a Big Ben problem. I think it's also worth noting, and I'm sure a lot of people that you know work with people that they hate, you can still be a productive co-worker. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to be like, oh, look, the Stansbury Show, prime example. But no, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can hate each other and still get stuff done. Dude, previous iterations of this program had been done, had been done successfully, and money was flowing through in, and ratings were through the roof when we couldn't stomach one another, and I couldn't even stand to look at him. Like, it can happen. You can, especially in performance-based jobs, yeah. you can kind of put stuff away, this and that. It's hard, but it can be done. But Big Ben now speaking out over what the Steelers did in the draft, and a lot of people actually hit me up, not a lot, I should say about five guys hit me up and said, I believe the Steelers got a better quarterback in the third round than we did at Baker Mayfield at number one, wow. which is this kid Mason Rudolph. Now, I don't know much about Mason, so I can't tell you if he's going to be better than Baker, this and that. I don't know. But the Steelers have a pretty good track record with you know drafting players. They're not the worst at it, right? So this kid might end up being something. 
But now Big Ben is coming out. Now, again, he's hinted towards retirement at the end of the year last year, the beginning of the year last year, two seasons before. He's hinted at it. So if you're them, you got to start preparing for the end of the Big Ben era. He's closer to the end than he is the beginning. Yes, 100%. And you got to remember, too, Ben Roethlisberger, not Tom Brady, not LeBron James. He's not going to beat Father Time. It, it, it's, no. It's, it's, it's such an anomaly when those things happen. He's heavy. He eats. Yeah, he drinks. He's not. He's he, not. He, 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 he's not that guy. So here's Ben's quote on drafting Mason Rudolph. I was surprised they took a quarterback because I thought maybe in the third round you could get some really good players that could help this team win now. I don't have anything against Mason. I think he's a great player. I don't know him personally, but I'm sure he's a great kid. I just don't know how backing up or being the third, who knows where he's going to fall on the depth chart, but help us win now. But that's not my decision to make, and that's the coaches and the GM and the owner. Translation, I am really upset at all three of you. What the hell were you thinking? We have a chance for a Super Bowl. Go get me some players. That's what he's saying. If they feel like he can help our team, so be it. But I was a little surprised by it. Now, Rudolph then said it's not really up to Roethlisberger to mentor him. And Ben responded by saying, if he asks me a question, I might just have to point to the playbook. Now, here's what I don't get mm-hmm. from Roethlisberger. Where is the win? What do you get by saying this? They've already shown you what they were going to do in the draft. They've shown you. Ben, okay, you want to hint at you want to hint at here? You want to drive Todd Haley out of here? You want to have a problem with Tomlin? You've already given us the two Super Bowls, bro. The, the, the best days of you are behind you. We're moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I from an organizational standpoint, I totally get that. But What's I, he win? I guess for him, it's probably like, where's my loss? In the sense of like, dude, I'm already a Super Bowl champion. I'm already a multimillionaire. I've already beat rape. So like, where's my loss here? What's the? What are you guys gonna do to me? Not well, not come see me play to, football? To me, that tells me who you are. And if you if. Because if you don't have anything to gain by by saying the right thing, you don't say it. Right. And so, like that tells me who you really are. And if I were if I were the Steelers, I would be upset by this. I would be upset oh, by yeah, this. Oh yeah, if I was the fan base. And Ben, I gotta tell you, dude, you know the amount of guys that go broke who were stars in the NFL when they're done playing, it's everywhere. So if you're Big Ben, though, isn't saying the right thing helping you land like the future broadcasting jobs right. and like things right. like that. Like I would not want to be known as a quarterback who was unwilling to mentor. Now, I understand uh, you know, people knock Brett Favre for that. You, you can you can leave your job and you can, you know, go work somewhere else and you can do all those things, but at the end of the day, dude, you've been a stealer your entire career. You've made you become a world champion and like I'm sorry, but you do owe that organization something. I know you're an employee of it and like I want to be able to walk away from this job if I want to, so I give him the right to do that. But like, you, you owe that. You there is there's a little <sighs> bit of like, dude. There this has been this has been an equation, and you've got a lot out of this. Asking asking to mentor somebody younger. I don't know. I feel like that's garbage. I, I think it, it, you bring up a great point because his situation's been pretty good. Like, there are quarterbacks in in this league that did not inherit the Pittsburgh Steelers organization right. to run your career. Right. They have put Ben in a situation to win the entire time he's been there. Yeah, and can you say the Steelers have underperformed with him in that in with that, Tomlin? In that yes. tenure? But like, but I like believe I said, it will. I believe it will go down as the Steelers have underperformed with Mike Tomlin as the head coach. You, 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 you are a world champion that can never be taken away from you. You are a multi, twice over. You are a multi-millionaire. 
there's a little bit of me that's like, dude, time to kiss the ring, bro. Like, time, time to, time to be a man. Time to, like, you know, it's not, it's not exclusively about you. The name on the front of your jersey should always be more important than the name on the back of it. Like, well, and here's the other thing, Ben. If it were me, I'd be out there saying the right thing about everything. When the Me Too movement is going through the country trying right. to find the past aggressors and talking about how people who have gotten away with this in the past need those cases need to be reevaluated. If it were me and I were and I had been accused of rape in a bathroom of a, of a woman before, given the climate today right now, if I were opening my mouth to make public statements, it would be positive about everything as to not spark that. Oh yeah, well the rapist had oh, this yeah, to say. By the way, exactly right. I don't know why you would invite that kind of negative attention on yourself right now. Makes no sense to me. If I'm Big Ben, I'm saying the right thing. Now, in practice, do I not mentor the kid after I said the right thing? Maybe, but welcome to human beings. Your next shot at $1,000 is right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 169. Online for you at WRQK.com. And Teresa will get you hooked up with another $1,000 this morning at 1010. I might have to text in for that one. You're not allowed. Oh, damn it. We here at the Stansbury Show have a pretty good relationship with the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. Every uh, every year we do our uh, Long Haul Against Hunger event with them. And we like being in business with them. They are a credible charity. And uh, you can feel good about donating your time, money, and or food with them because, again, they are credible. Yeah, five out of five star rated on CharityNavigator.com, man. That's a very, very reputable organization. And now the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank is going to get even more powerful in our city of Canton. Okay. They're already very powerful, but okay. They are going to purchase or already have, I believe, the former Fisher's Food location on Cherry Avenue Northeast that has just recently been closed. Um, Dan Flowers, CEO of the food bank, had said on Friday, we're real excited and it's a big deal. And I, <laughs> I agree, right? He says that the building marks the beginning of a new phase for the food bank and uh, that they have a lot of exciting things visualized for it. Now, Jeffrey Fisher, who's the president of Fisher Foods, predicted the sale of the property to the food bank will become something very positive for the city of Canton. He said for several years, the food bank has been working with partners in Stark County to research and remedy food insecurity and hunger in the county. And so these partnerships now, as well as the Stark uh, Community Foundation's 2015 The Future of Food Security in Stark County report, led to conversations about putting a warehouse or other facility in Canton Flowers, that said, that's Dan Flowers again, said the food bank distributes food and serves to more than 500 pantries, hot meal sites, shelters, and other programs across Stark, Summit, Carroll, Holmes, and Medina, Portage, Tuscarawas, and Wayne County. Jesus, what a huge reach they have. He said having a facility in Canton will help close the meal gap, allowing partners in Stark and surrounding counties to acquire more food using less time and resources, according to the information from the food bank. What a great thing. 
Now, you never want to see businesses have to close because no. they weren't profitable. But what, again, like I said about Hercules this morning, what you don't want is something that big staying empty because that's how crime happens in those facilities. So now that we're going to have something else move in here and a charity and something great, it's just good that that won't be empty. Yeah, and I'm glad that Fishers as a as a business is kind of giving it the blessing, giving it the thumbs up in the sense of like, dude, Fishers does a lot for local hunger. Like as, as I've worked with the Stark County Hunger Task Force on numerous things like Fishers is always involved, whether it's food donations or cash donations or sending people to be a part of it. So 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 that the fact that their old business, you know, for whatever reason, had to close the fact that it's going to something, you know, positive for the community. It's a double thumbs up there. They say uh, the former Fisher site is likely to operate as a traditional food bank itself, but also could host other programming such as a volunteer center, local food initiatives or a marketplace flowers that said, which I think, honestly, they'd be best off doing all three of those there. Yeah, I mean, something there because that that area of town, there's just not a lot of options over there. Like once you start getting into that neighborhood, less and less businesses and less and less places where you can go buy food. Uh, Dan Flower said it's going to be a cool project. He's excited about it. The part that's most interesting to him is so many partners are interested in working together. The food bank plans to hold public meetings to hear ideas and input for the site. He said, I think it's going to be great for the area, and I agree. As um, their official like headquarters is up closer towards Akron there, right. that for me, that if you open another food bank down here and it's that close, it just gives me another opportunity to be able to donate some time there and and take the travel out of it for me. Yeah, what well, I was going to say, and that's a big part of what the what the problems that a lot of these organizations, whether it's soup kitchens, like I said, the Sarkhan Hunger Task Force or whatever, um, they have a hard time. It's expensive. I know it sounds like, well, just up to Akron, but like if you're sending a truck up there, loading it up and driving it down, the fuel cost is going to start to add up to you as an organization pretty quickly right there. And that often is a part of the equation. It's like, well, we'd like to go get this, but we we can't necessarily do it. The fact that it'll be closer, the fact that it'll be, you know, less hours, less manpower and less gasoline that that's going to help out considerably. The food bank acquired the property through the combination of a donation from Fishers and also $450,000 in financing. Um, they're looking to into launching a capital campaign to cover the purchase of it, as of course uh, you know most right. charities will do. Closing the store on Cherry was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life. We didn't feel we had a choice. Um, Jeff Fisher had said the store was losing money. The store was not profitable. I'm I was surprised to hear that. It seems like there's more than enough residents right there. Um, I had used it a handful of times. It wasn't my, it wasn't not predominantly where I shopped. I had a location right. a little closer to my, my house. So when I used Fishers, I just went down there to ninth. Although that one on ninth and Harrison, I believe is now closed as well. It's uh, it dude, it's a tough time. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you, know, like you said, you don't want to see anyone closing their doors, but you know, you got to make tough decisions as, as a business. And you know, it's not like Fishers is going away this at the is, end of the day. It's still going to be here. It's still going to be oh, serving no, the community. I mean, do they, they still have multiple locations that are all great i this is what i would call a windfall like you don't necessarily want to have to see business close in your area but if something's going to happen and then you end up getting a great location for a good charity that's the best case scenario that's silver lining territory this is definitely you know every 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 winter i guess maybe late fall that we do long haul against hunger this is why we ask you guys to be a part of it this is why it's so important that you come up to giant eagle and whether it's change or checks or whatever the hell it is um this is what you guys your power together is yeah. it, it has 
really been able to do there. We uh we got to talk to Dan Flowers, man. We got to see what we can get uh, get involved in this. Yeah, here. we'll reach out and see if we yeah. can have him come in and you know fill in some of the gaps, some of the other questions people might have about what's going to operate here. Dan's a great guy, yeah. always a good interview. Yeah, we should reach out and yeah. see if we can get that done. We'll be right back with more Sandsbury Show. Guess hang. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Before we get out of here for the day, one more time, I want to thank everybody who came out Saturday for the Safe 22 hike. Safe 22, for those of you unaware, is a veterans organization that raises awareness over the fact that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. I'm actually wearing my Safe 22 shirt right now. And uh, they invited me out for their third hike. This is their third annual. They're going to do it every year. Uh, We started out at the Carrollton uh, County Vets Club which was really interesting. And I got to meet a bunch of cool people out there that day. And uh, we had a great time. It was a, uh, that was a good day. I, uh, I'm glad you found a charity that you feel like this is something I can get behind. This is something that I want to be involved with on a regular basis. Um, it feels like you just get a little bit of purpose. feels like there's something bigger than you that you're giving yourself your time, your money, your energy Which up into. Important. And it is, dude, it's a good, it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for people. And I'm glad you found that, man. It's, uh, it was a good day, and uh, it was it, it, it was hard to accept thanks for doing something as simple as talking about it yeah. and, and telling people about it. It just it just seems to me like being appreciative of veterans is something you should do. So yeah. to get credit for doing what I should do just seems a little strange. But I understand it because I mean we do help with the awareness issue. Yeah, that. well, dude, and how many how many radio shows? How many people in the position that we have? do nothing with it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and fine, if, 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 save, if save 22 is not your thing, well, you're doing something for someone, right? And right. they don't. And, 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 and they don't. And they just kind of take this position for granted. And like, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like that's the last thing either you or I want to do is to like not appreciate the platform we've been given. And if we can push... It's karma. If, if we can push, if we can push, you know, a worthy cause uphill with that, dude, I'll do, I'll do it every day. Yeah. So Albert's actually Albert Wooden from uh, Safe Twenty Two is, is 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 putting together this thing where we're going to try to take um, people who are just getting home, yeah, and we'll take them out and get them uh, get them active, playing a little bit of golf, or reaching out to a couple of the local uh, courses. Nice. And he's got a couple of corporate partners. We're going to do some cool things. Now that we're talking about golf, let's really get down into it, dude. You didn't play this weekend? Anything? You got it tonight? What are you doing? How's well, the game played, going? Well, I played Friday. Yeah. And um, it was just okay. Okay. It wasn't like it was terrible, but it was just okay. And then I actually, I did, I went to the driving range after doing the hike on Saturday. Right. And it was a mess. Really? I mean, a mess. Now, last week, dude, Stansbury came in here. He's probably going to pat himself on the back. I got to do it for you, dude. Stansbury came in here last week, dude, hot, high, feeling good off a 310-yard drive. Couldn't get it together on Saturday, huh? So... I got a bucket of balls. I found myself at Spring Valley. I love their driving range over at Spring Valley. And um, and I, I was just up there. And I so I only took three clubs with me. Right. Um, and I knew that going in. I was like, all right, I, I want to work on these three things. Right. So I took my gap wedge, which is about your 115-yard club. And then I took my eight iron, which for me is about 150. Now that's flight. I'm trying to land it at 150. Right. And then I took my driver. Right. Now – Traditionally, my eight iron is my best club in my bag. Like if I got to pull that, I'm good. Right. I feel like all right with it. We're gonna be fine. Couldn't hit it to save my life. Like I'm lost in my setup again. Which is something I it I always explain it like this. It's like sitting down at your keyboard and forgetting your password for 15 minutes. <sighs> like you know you know it, and that's why it's even more frustrating. Is so, the cap lock on? What the yeah. hell am I doing here? So I'm so I'm a little off on there. And okay. then the driver has been, and I just bought it, had been a little iffy. Um, 
like when I hit it, I hit it great, but like I, I had been losing where square was. And so I did find that Saturday up at Spring Valley. And bro, by the time I left there, I was cranking balls over that 250 sign easy, like without even hitting it, like just, just kind of casually. And dude, that again, people ask me all the time, what'd you buy, man? It seems like you love that new driver. Titleist 917 D2. It is the longest club I've ever hit in my life. Effortlessly, dude, that thing just moves balls down the fairway. It is, well, the opposite fairway. It's, <laughs> but that club is amazing. I'm actually not even going to play today. I don't really? Think the weather, it's beautiful, no, dude. No, the weather, I didn't play yesterday. Right. Body was a little sore. And actually, dude, I got to get, I have been going to the gym, but not as often as I should. I need to get back to about four days a week. So I, I, I'm today's the, the first day of the new week. I'm your boy. I'm trying to get rededicated. So I'm actually going to be in the gym today. Versus going to play golf. Well, good. No golf stories. More dong stories tomorrow. I like it. Stansberry, what happened yesterday? Well, dude, I was in the locker room. Let me tell you about this. Just hammers <laughs> everywhere. Hammers. <laughs> Teresa's got your shot at $1,000 at 1010. Stick around from that side for that. We are done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. or Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.